Welcome, Thriving Artist Circle members. This is Dallas Travers, your creative career coach, and I want to thank you for joining me today, April 3rd already, for our guest expert call with an amazing woman. Her name is Barbara Deutsch. You guys are so lucky today. I can't wait. I can't wait to hand the mic over to Barbara. But before I do that, let me just tell you a little bit about today's guest expert. Barbara Deutsch is the creator of The Barbara Deutsch Approach, a unique coaching concept for people in the film and television industry. Now, Barbara really knows about dreams. She knows about the rewards of their pursuit and the sorrows of feeling stuck. And bringing over 20 years of experience to the table, she works with those in front of the camera and behind the scenes acting as a personal champion. Whether you are shy or aggressive, Barbara teaches you how to build your business by presenting yourself in a way that is powerful and productive. When the creative work is done, what matters is how you talk about yourself and your project. She knows the discomfort of schmoozing and the freedom of connecting authentically. Learning this will be the difference between creating meaningful relationships in the industry or stopping them in their tracks. Now, people work with Barbara when they are ready to raise the bar, when they're ready to expand their business and take it to the next level. It doesn't matter to her whether something is wrong or something is right with your career. It's all about what you want, where you want to go, and how fast you want to get there. Barbara's clients include well-known actors, directors, producers, writers, and talk show hosts. She just completed teaching for Aaron Sorkin at his Syracuse Immersion Program in Los Angeles and at Second City in Toronto. Barbara also leads workshops all over the world, including Vancouver, Toronto, Los Angeles, New York, and other major U.S. cities. Barbara Deutsch provides straight talk and quick results delivered with humor and compassion. And you can find out more about Barbara by visiting her website, which is bd, as in Barbara Deutsch, approach.com. Now, I just want to say on a personal note, I remember when I first started my business, hearing about the amazing Barbara Deutsch. And I would meet actors and they would say, have you ever worked with Barbara? I'm doing the Barbara Deutsch approach and she's amazing. And and so I learned more about what she has to offer and who she is as um, a career champion. And I'm just so impressed with her outside-of-the-box thinking, with her ability to really push people past their own perceived limits and with her loving spirit as a coach. So I just wanted to express my personal thanks to you, Barbara, for joining us in the Thriving Artist Circle today. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my God. I, am I? You're on. Is it happening? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. I love radio. You don't have to comb your hair. Right. It's so I'm great. not even wearing shoes right now. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, Dallas, I'm such a fan of yours, and I what I love most about the people that do what we do is that everybody does it so uniquely mm. and so differently, but the commitment is totally the same. Yeah. It's just to help people. And... What I do is help people to find the courage to be free and to be imperfect and even weird if that's part of who you are. And I think that, you know, I'll just start right off with this sentence. If you're not ashamed of what you don't have or who you don't know, 
or what's not in the bank or any of that. If you don't have shame, you can talk to anybody at any time about anything. It's, to me, all about having courage to take care of yourself and courage to ask and courage to participate no matter what you have. And that's a very strong uh, point that I stress with everybody that I talk to. I, I even wrote a book about it. Um, the book is called Open Up or Shut Up, How to Talk Your Way Into or Out of Anything. I love it. But I'll get back to that later. Uh, but it's all for me about how you communicate, how you train people in how to treat you. Mm-hmm. And I think that so many people don't want to bug people and that where that's very lovely, it doesn't get you anywhere. As an example, let's say you are calling your agent to ask anything and the agent doesn't return the phone call. One day passes, two day passes, three days pass, and then you go, I don't I don't want to bug I don't want to buy I don't want to, I don't want that agent to think I'm a pest. And so when you do that, you're actually training that agent to treat you as an afterthought. And it's not about bugging, it's about taking care of yourself no matter what you have or what you don't have. It's also the way you speak that I work on with people. The way you speak has everything to do with what you're going to get. Um you know, show business isn't a family. It's <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before. It is so true. You know, if I can I, say I, something too, Barbara, you're saying, you know, I love what you're saying about we show people how to treat us, but not uh-huh. only are you taking care of yourself by calling the agent back, in a lot of ways you're taking care of your agent too because they've got a big, long list of people to call. So if they can cross someone off their list, you're actually doing a service to them. I, you know what? We are speaking the same language because you, the assumptions that we make, the people that are afraid, the assumptions we make that we're bugging them, it's so annoying to me when an actor or anybody calls me or emails me and I don't return. It has everything to do with my technology skills could have put that email I could have deleted it. I mean, I've been known to do that. Or I save it and then don't go back on the phone. And when they make assumptions, when people make assumptions that I'm not interested in them, it hurts my feelings. I really want people to track me. Come back to me, but don't be mad. If you're going to call someone and they don't call you back, and you want to call back, you can't make them wrong for not. You just be cheerful, but don't stop Don't stop trying to get to them. Because, you know, there's a couple of rules in show business. One is don't kill anybody and don't be a jerk. Those are the only rules in show business that I can think of. Oh, and if you're a singer, don't sing a song from the show you're auditioning for. That's my personal, you know, that's the rule in show business. Don't do it. 
but before I get into any more of that, I wanna I wanna talk about the pilot light. Great. That is, there's a pilot light inside you, right by your heart, and that's the very faint light. That's you know the light on the stove that never goes out. Mm-hmm. That is your pilot light. And that turned on at some point in your life when you were young. Maybe you told a joke at Thanksgiving and people laughed and you got that feeling. Or maybe you sang a song and, oh, you loved that feeling. Or maybe you were in school and you were acting. Or or even maybe you saw something on television or on the movies that took your breath away and you knew that's what you had to do, and this pilot light goes on. And that pilot light, unfortunately, will never go out if you're an actor. It's never going out if you're pure creative. If you are a little boy and you want to be an astronaut and you grow up to be an accountant, you're fine. It's not going to bug you. If you're a little girl and you want to be, you know... Florence Nightingale, and you end up being a teacher, you're not mourning. But if you want this business, if you want to act or sing or write or hold a camera, if you want that, that is never that pilot light is never going out. So it's my job as a personal champion to help you figure out how to stoke that fire. Now, how do you stoke it? when the industry isn't letting you in. How how do you stoke that? Well, that's what you go to coaches for. We figure out what it is that you need to have that stoked. And often, you know when you're, um, you're not getting work and you're not getting work and then you do a play for no money and you're high as a kite, you're the happiest you've ever been and you're still in the same financial boat but you, you've actually stoked that fire. So we have to figure out ways to keep stoking that fire so your insides don't burn out. It's the cross a creative person has to bear, really, Dallas. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean I'm, my pilot light, well, it was singing. I mean, I mean, it still is singing. I still have to sing. Um, a couple of times a year. That's I'm good a couple of times a year. That's enough stoking for me. But there are people, oh, and doing this, doing what I do, serving, serving people, pinpointing what their Achilles heel is. Because I have no opinions or judgments about what you have or what you don't have. I just want to know what you want and what you think is in the way what works, what doesn't work, and then I will go to work that way. Because everybody who has a pilot light has, I mean, if you have a pilot light, you have the ability to do anything you want. I was talking to a client yesterday, and she'd been waiting for this audition for this indie film, and um, she did everything you're supposed to do. She did all the prep work. She did all the... um, the, the affirmations. Right. She did everything, 
And then she got there and the room was cold, right? The people in the room weren't welcoming her like, you know, she was the greatest thing since cream cheese and she sold out. She thought more about those people than the work that she prepared and she forgot to use the tools. The tools that people like you and I give people, they're not casual. I mean, we're working with people who are in the trenches, who want the stakes to be raised, and the only way you can do that, at this point in the industry, you have to get tools because you have to know a little bit of psychology and you have to know marketing. And when I was coming up, because I started as an actor on Broadway in Godspell, when I was coming up in the olden days, <clears throat> the real olden days, you could work a few times a year and that would pay your bills. You would get an agent and that agent did what they said they were going to do. Can, Dallas, can you imagine? I'm shy. Be- yeah. <laughs> what? Seriously. <laughs> what? Right? Seriously, they actually did what they said they were going to do. And if you didn't get an audition in a few weeks, it was because there really wasn't anything. Right. That has changed. Big time. So that's where marketing, social networking is so seriously the way to go. Because now you, and staying connected with people. Yeah. Um, you know that word networking that people hate so much? Mm-hmm. That networking is, if I said to you all, go to this networking event and network with 10 people, you would go, oh God, I'm suddenly feeling ill. But if I said, go to this networking event and connect authentically with 10 people, you're going to go, well, oh, well, that I can do. Right. Here's the difference between networking and connecting authentically. Networking, in my opinion, is when you... Hi, my name is Barbara Deutsch, and I'm a I'm a career career coach. I'm a life coach. I'm a... You know, I hate that... You know, it's totally. so much better when you walk over to someone and be interested in them instead of trying to be interesting. That's why There's I've always nothing... hated, Barbara, the idea of the 30-second elevator pitch. Exactly. Yeah. You know, oftentimes you... I'll ask my students who likes networking, right, and no, maybe one <laughs> yes. person's hand goes up because they've already been able to redefine what it means for themselves. Yeah. But if I ask who likes meeting people, everybody's hand goes up. And that's really what networking is. It's meeting people, it's listening, and it's talking about why you do what you do, not what it is that you do. That's the key to staying connected with people. It's also, you know, there's a, a surrender that comes with being in this business. You have to surrender to the way things really are, not the fantasy of what you want. The way things really are, and then you go play from that from that perspective. I I think so I wrote this book called Open Up or Shut Up 
because I was so I I knew I knew that it was about communication after all is said and done in the in years gone by you really didn't have to talk that much yeah. you just provided your work and that that almost was good enough but today you really have to be able to communicate and make people feel safe. When you walk into a room and they smell fear, they're, it's not a personal thing against you, but they're thinking about their mortgage. They're thinking about, you know, can I pay the nanny? They're thinking about, will this person be able to be redirected? It's almost not about how much is the how much is on the person's resume. It really is about and Maya Angelou says this, I'm probably going to misquote it, but it goes something like this. People may not remember what you say, they may not remember what you do, but they will never forget the way you've made them feel. Yeah. And in meetings and auditions, if you can make someone feel that you're listening, that they're safe to hire you, that you can roll with the punches. And and on top of that, if you do what you came to do in terms of craft, you know, you walk away from that audition knowing that you did everything humanly possible and it ain't up to you. It's it's up to them. One of my friends, David Dean Bottrell, says, um, he says, and he's a working actor that you absolutely know if you saw him. He's he's amazing. David E. Kelly loves to hire him for creeps and killers. He's just amazing. Um, he says, you know, someone... Because he's also a writer, and he's been casting. He'll say, an actor will walk in a room, and the temperature of the room lifts. And this person is the answer. And then you think he's got the job. And then the next person who walks in the room does the same thing, only the next person is doing it in a, a totally different way. And it's really up, it's between the two of them. But I'll tell you something. The person, the first person walking in and walking out has a particular glow about, about him that could make the people in the waiting room basically suicidal. They will count themselves out. But that second person who makes him or herself not compete with the person who just left the room is going to be the one that raises the bar also. I actually want, I have a tool for that moment. Shall I share? Please, please. That was going to be my question. Okay, help us. (laughs) Okay. Here's, Here's the antidote. So let's say, let's take that example. So your agent calls you and you have like a 10-page scene that's finally the scene that you've been dying to do in front of the real people. It's the kind of a scene you do in acting class that you're so brilliant at but no one's ever going to see. It's that kind of a scene. And then it just fits you. You wake up in the morning, it's a good hair day, It's a, you have the best outfit, there's no traffic. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the audition and you look at the people there and there's nobody there that's younger, 
thinner or who has worked more. Right. And you're feeling quite good. Like, just let me get in there. Oh, and you know the person that you don't want to see there? That the person you don't, you all know the person that you don't want to see there. That person's not there. And you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And you're churning and you're excited. Then the door opens up and the person you don't want to see there is walking out of the room with the casting director and they're laughing in the room and you're next. So this is what could happen. You go from, I'm ready to go, I'm excited, to this 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 anxiety starts to creep up from your gut to your face and it lands on your face like your hand is on your face and you can see through the fingers. It's like the alien in Aliens. And they say, Barbara, are you ready? And you go, yes, but you have this thing on your face. Mm-hmm. That thing, either it's from you feel you're going to fail or you feel you can't compete or you second-guess your choices, and then you go in the room, and then you do what you came to do with that thing on your face, with the alien on your face, and then you leave, and you get to the street, and that thing falls off your face. And then you say, what the heck was that? Oh, who was that? And here's the feedback you get. We loved Barbara. She was so she was on her game. It was the best work I've ever seen her do. But we're going to go with Dallas. So... If they loved you so much and it was the best work, why did they go with someone else? Well, possibly the person that they went with had the freedom to be themselves, the freedom to be malleable, and the freedom to do the work, not compare themselves or worry about what other people are thinking of them. Now, that's you can anybody can get to that place if they just acknowledge that's what they do but i think people power up over all the power up all, over all the anxiety and the negative stuff and they pretend that they're fine and because you're all trained so well i mean you're going to go in broken and you're going to do you're going to do what you came to do but you're not free enough you don't have the freedom to be compelling. You just are perfect. And perfect gets you just so far, but freedom gets the job. When you're free, you're going to get the job. Yeah. Or you're going to get called back and called back and called back. This is the fix for the alien. When that person walks out of the room and they're laughing in the room, you should let that thing rise up on your face and let it wreck. And you say a simple sentence, oh, there's that thing that I do. That's it. You know what that means. There's that thing that I do that makes me sell out on myself. There's that thing that I do where I get angry. There's that thing that I do where I start comparing. Just say there's that thing that I do and that, that alien is falling off your face. Now, I have proof. I have there, I have a client who's on a four-episode arc on Mad Men who used the alien in that audition. Sherry Shepard, who's a host on The View. Oh, my God, Dallas. <laughs> I've been working with Sherry for so long, and um, 
she's a comic. Yeah. And she was supporting her entire family and her outside family. She just worked in comedy to support people. So when she got the view, I'll tell you something. Um, oh, my God. I will finish a sentence. <laughs> um, this is You're just, like, channeling right now. It's amazing to listen to you, so please just let it flow. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, Sherry was about to get the view and then lost it. And she was at my house mm. crying. I don't know why I lost it. And I did so well when I was on it. And I said, well, you know, Sherry, you should call Bill Geddes, the producer. What? Call him myself? But his people spoke to my people, and my people spoke to his people. I said, I know, but you didn't speak to anyone personally. Yeah. But why? I said, well, I'm not going to say what I said to her, so <laughs> I made her do it. And she called up Bill, and he said, what the heck happened, Sherry? We wa- we love you. We wanted you. She said, I, he said, it's all that money. And, you know, the truth is, Sherry has a special needs child, and anyone who knows about that knows it takes a village to get yourself set up here and with the doctors and the state and the and everything. And that would have to be completely redone because she would have to move to New York. He said, oh, oh, well, all right, just stay there. <laughs> he was mad. And he comes back, and she got her job back because she picked up the phone. Everybody, no matter who they are, everybody's afraid to pick up the phone. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody. Um, that's a general statement. But it's it's why I wrote the book, Open Up or Shut Up. It's exactly why. Because people withhold themselves. They, they withhold. And withholding, there's an actual definition called, um, withholding, let me see, is to refrain from giving and sharing. That's an actual definition. Like we were talking about the agent before, right? You're really taking something away from the agent if you don't call. But there are reasons that people don't call. They are afraid of being wrong or embarrassed or overstepping boundaries or being hurt or upsetting someone or... They're afraid they're going to have to take an action or how they're perceived or being yelled at or sounding stupid. But I want to say something to those people. There are other people less talented than you that aren't afraid to call. And so buck up, people. If you withhold, you could get hurt in other ways by being silent. I mean, it frustrates people. And it actually sometimes can appear like you don't even care. So, you know, that's a huge part of asking for what you need. I mean, I will role play with people to show them how to ask for what they need, and they'll say to me, you mean I could be that honest? I could be that real? Yeah, because I'll tell you, there are things that people say now that they really shouldn't say anymore. And they're so simple, 
and everyone says them, and you're not wrong if you said it today to an agent or anyone. But I'm just saying, you know, we hear the thing, Dallas and I hear the things that people say in their meetings, and some of them are like white noise now. Like if you're walking into a meeting and you're sitting down with someone and you say, thank you for taking the time to see me. And I know that's a lovely thing to say and it's it's what you think you should say. And in air quotes, it's polite, yeah. <laughs> it's polite and maybe, you know, it worked a while ago, but right now it's it's white noise to everybody. It makes no sense at all. They're not even hearing you. I rather you say, you know, I'm very happy to be here and I'm very happy to meet you. That way it doesn't sound like I'm so grateful that I can breathe the same air as you. Yeah. There's another thing that people say and I'm so glad I'm not listening to the people respond to this right now. Um <laughs> Just, uh, I'm just touching base. Yeah. Um, I feel that touching base isn't really true. I think there should be no strategy anymore in conversations. Mm -hmm. There should be kind, straight talk. When someone says, I'm just touching base, it says to me that, oh, well, I don't have to call back because they didn't ask for anything. Right. It's It's like a free pass, right? Totally, yeah. And when someone says that to me, like let's say they get me on the phone, I'm just calling to touch base. I <laughs> I go to okay, what are you what are you trying? What message are you trying to get across without telling me? <laughs> yeah. Right. Because right. again, they're withholding this idea that you're talking about. That's just an example to go of going through the motions and really withholding what you mean. And when you don't say what you mean, you don't get the answer you're looking for. That's totally correct. Touching base makes you a scaredy cat. Yeah. And so, you know, there are ways to ask for things, but it's in the same boat as when people don't want to open up. They don't. They're afraid to be in the moment, or they're afraid. And I'm saying, again, there are a lot of people less talented who aren't afraid. And you know what? You can be afraid, but when you speak from the gut and from the truth, fear, it kind of gets pushed aside. But I consider that being brave and courageous because you have nothing to lose. You have everything to lose if you don't play. Um, When I talk about um, shut up, the book is open up or shut up. Um, it's an interesting thing when people talk too much. You know, Chatty Cathy the doll. Mm-hmm. You know, people use that phrase, Chatty Cathy, when someone talks too much. But it's not just that. It's someone who's enthusiastic and smart and funny and brave, and they get accused of talking too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, what motivates the chatter, right? It could be afraid of not being heard or losing an argument or afraid to hear of what's coming back, of not being interesting, afraid of 
not being entertaining even, the worst, or being ignored, or not being cool. And they just talk, 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 talk. Not, people are forming opinions about, you know what, I have a perfect example of this. One of my clients sold a screenplay to Warner Brothers, and he sold himself as a director. So he, they put him in a room, and they worked the script for a year. At the end of the year, they threw him and his script out, and he had a reputation for arrogance. Hmm. So he came to me. I didn't know him. And I listened to him for about an hour and a half, and I really didn't hear any arrogance. And I am like a heat-seeking missile right. to find out what they're talking about. So I gave him some things to do. And a couple of weeks later, he calls me on the phone, and he's talking, and he's talking, and he's talking, and he's talking about another thing that happened. And I started to think after 10 minutes on the phone, like I didn't listen to him for 15 more minutes. I started to think, oh, gee, maybe I can't help him. Maybe I should find someone better. Maybe I should, wait a minute. He's doing that to me. And I go like this, Billy, Billy, did you know that I wasn't listening for 15 minutes? What did he say? I said, <laughs> I said, oops, let me, the doggie is barking. That's okay. I said, um, do you know that I wasn't listening for 45 minutes? And he said, what? I said, Billy, I stopped listening to you for 15 whole minutes. He said, what are you saying? I said, this is what I think happened in your meetings. I think you were fighting an injustice when they gave you notes. He said, well, yeah, they did give me a lot of notes. I said, Billy, I, th- I think they just got tired of it and made assumptions that you're arrogant. He goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God, that's exactly what happened. And then he jumped into my workshops, and I had to help resurrect his reputation. Now, he's really smart and witty and um, sharp, but when that's upset, when those elements are upset, it could come out bitter and sarcastic because yeah. he wasn't getting his way. And so it took a bit of time to get his repu- rep- reputation back and he got this great attorney to help him uh, pitch and stuff like that. And he finally got back in his body and saw the difference between talking too much and the key element is listening. He didn't listen. You know, He's Barbara, you were, you were talking about the the withholding piece, so open up. And what yeah. I got from you was that the motivation behind that withholding is often fear-based. Would you say mm-hmm. that the motivation behind oversharing the shut-up piece is also fear? I think it's worse. Mm. I think it's terror. Ah, Right. I think it I think really I think it's terror. I think it's terror of being ignored, of not getting your point across. I mean, it's like life or death. 
when people talk so much. They 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 just have to get it out. And Billy, I mean, he was amazing when he turned it around. He got a job at DreamWorks and wrote Madagascar. Great. But that wasn't even, and he would call me in between meetings to try to get the job at DreamWorks, and he would say, how am I doing? I said, just watch it. Make sure you listen. You don't have to be the funniest person in the room. It's not important. And so he, he, I mean, there's a test that you can take to see if you talk talk too much. Um, it's when you talk, do you make eye contact? Mm. The people who talk too much, um, they interrupt with a better idea before the person finishes. They, um, they don't look to see if what they're saying is actually reaching the other person. They think they have the right to be in any interaction. Um, and they actually assume people understand what they're saying. It's so, um, it's weird, right? Yeah. But sometimes they don't know and they have to be told, do you know that you're not listening? What do you mean? I, I'm a great listener. No, dude, <laughs> you're not doing, you're doing a monologue, not a dialogue. That's the difference. Right. It, when people talk too much, they're doing monologues, not dialogues. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a dance that you have to do with the people. Right. Just a dance. <sighs> wow. Why do you have any we questions for me? I was going to say, let's, we've covered so much content. Let's I know. Say, thank you so much. Let's see if anyone listening has a question. So if you've got okay. a question or something you want to add um, to this conversation, we would love to hear from you. All you need to do is hit the number one on your telephone keypad, and we'd love to hear your questions. We're going to get started. This person's phone number ends in 1121. Hi there. Hey, Bernadette. How are you? Hi, Bernadette. Great, thanks. What's your question? Well, okay, this is my question because you were talking about being truthful and honest. And then his concept this particular situation, I was on a film set, a very prominent actor. Um, I had to do a wrap for the day. I went back and I left, I left something. And the director asked me, what did you think? And it was an intense day. Um, and so I gave him the patent answer. And I said, I think that you did the best that you could do. And I think it was an intense day. And he kind of just looked at me, and then I walked off, and I felt in my spirit like, you didn't tell him the truth. Mm. You know, you need to go back, and you need to tell him the truth. So I go back, and I go, you know what, I'm really sorry, because I didn't, I didn't tell you it. I didn't tell you the truth. I didn't tell you what, what you should know. And so he said, okay, well, let's come over here. So I went over to the side and we talked about it and I told him, you know, how I was feeling as an actor, how the actors were feeling, how it was presented to us and why this day and I thought, you know, and I said I think that that the the, the misunderstanding of what we represented and what we thought what we thought we were gonna get in the process of rehearsal and what it ended up being we don't know what to do. You know, we don't know where we stand and what you need from us. Right. And so he heard me. 
And and then I was ostracized after that. So, As a matter uh, of fact, you know, uh, Dallas, uh, uh, I had a hard head. Yeah. You have a hard time hearing me? I'm I sorry. Ha- did you have a hard time hearing me? I did. I was hoping Dallas. I got it. Could I got be- it. Yeah, Bernadette, okay. I'm going to mute you momentarily because there's some background noise. So basically, Barbara, Bernadette was on set, and it was a very challenging day. At the end uh-huh. of the day when she was leaving, the director said to her, so how did it go? And her first answer was, I think it was an intense day, and you did the best that you could. And then she laughed and realized, I just lied to this guy. So she went back. And and basically said, you know, I didn't tell you the truth. I'd love to actually tell you how I think it went. So they had a conversation where she shared her experience. Um, she gave suggestions about how he could m- improve. And they had they had a conversation about this where she was honest and didn't withhold. And then uh-huh. afterwards, she said that she was ostracized. Okay. Well, bad on them for ostracizing you, mm-hmm. Bernadette, and. I, if I were in your shoes, when that you just finished, you're on the set, the set's still hot, and he asked you, how did that go? Um, I probably would have said, wow, that was wild. Yeah. And left and written later. I would have done that because that question wanted an answer of it was great. That 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 question was like, hey, how are you doing? Right. You know? That that wasn't a real question. The, uh, just by the timing of it, mm-hmm. it showed me that the director's insecure mm-hmm. asking an actor. It shows me that he needed acknowledgement. Yeah. Now, are you supposed to know that? Is everyone in the world supposed to know what I know? No, but it's a learning experience. I think that from what I heard Bernadette say, she had really, she had very valuable points. I think the timing of it wasn't correct. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Dallas? I agree with you, and I think oftentimes when we are asked questions, we put this pressure on ourselves to answer right away. I know I used to do this. If I had a client who called me with a question, it, I had to answer it right away. And if I didn't know the answer, I would actually go and find out the answer. And I realized, wait a second, I'm not helping these people. <laughs> so then right. I gave myself the challenge of of saying, let me think about that for anything I was asked. And it just I learned how to create the space to really yeah. authentically answer in a way that serves me and serves everybody. So I think your advice is to be honest and say, wow, that was wild, and then give yourself the space to answer the question in a way that feels authentic and actually serves everybody involved. And you you also might second guess. Mm. You, when you have time to think, you would go, hmm, is this going to build my future? Is this going to build my future, mm-hmm. me telling him what I really think? Right. Does that build my future? And I think everything you say and do should operate around building your own future. Right. Uh, I I think doing service builds your own future. But that just felt a little tricky to yeah. me. And it, it's a tough one. Oof, really right? tough. 
It's a really tough one. So Bernadette, I applaud you for being brave. Well, and I want to highlight, I really do. I want to highlight two things here. The first one is Bernadette, if you hadn't gone back and opened up to him, you wouldn't have had this learning experience. You you would have learned nothing. You would have just said I think it was an intense day and you did the best that you could and that would have been the end of it. So, let's be grateful for the opportunities we have to grow. The second thing, I think when it comes to giving feedback, it's essential to do your best to separate the facts from your own interpretation of the facts. So let's just say that this director um, wasn't a clear communicator. Now, so the facts are that his adjustments were, uh, his the facts are that because he wasn't clear, they had to shoot and reshoot and reshoot takes. Okay, those are the facts. Your interpretation is, oh, that made me feel insecure, and I felt like he wasn't communicating or listening well. And if you can give feedback based on the facts, that's going to be much more constructive and in alignment with building your future than if you just dump your emotional interpretation onto people. That's so well said. Thank you. Good. Bernadette, great. great question. Uh, let's yeah. move on. This, this person's phone number ends in 8677. Hi there. Hey, Dallas. Hi. Is this Ari? Yeah. Hey, I recognize your voice. <laughs> Ari, what's your question for Barbara? I have two quick mini questions. Okay. I'll make them quick. Um, the first one is... So I had a, recently had a really good conversation with uh, my agents about TV um, and really getting out for co-stars and that being a specific goal of mine for the year and just in the months ahead. And it went pretty well. I was pretty bold about it, but confident, and, and we seemed to be on the same page. Um, uh-huh. It's been about, like, almost two months since our conversation, and while I'm doing what I can to kind of, you know, um, let them know what's going on and... Um, you know, submit myself and, and stay busy. Uh, I haven't gone in for any TV projects. So I was wondering, you know, what would be like a proactive um, kind of follow-up without doing – I love what you said before about, you know, not saying I'm touching base, but, you know, a, a good follow-up to let them know that, you know, I, I'm still game for it and want to see if they are as well. Okay. And then I guess the, the second question is, um, there's a particular office, a casting office, that's a fan of mine, but I've had more than one occasion where I've got come to the callback for, for you know, first refusal, and creative, like the director or whoever, um, has said something or, or just behaved in a way that was, like, either completely inappropriate or just completely, like, not kind, shall we say. Um, and I, I'm... I'm wondering if you have any tips on how to handle that situation because I'm trying to do my best, but, for instance, one director asked me, you know, gave me the direction, could I do it again but more retarded? And I couldn't, I was like half, you know, my eyes were rolling out of my head, but I was trying uh, to display it off. But wow. you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, I how do you handle that? Wow. <laughs> I, okay. I do. Um because he was, like, European or French or something, so I, part of me said, excuse me, because I, I was, like, thinking, did I maybe misunderstand you? Or, well, that, and it was that also, like, me, you know Ari, I mean? that tells me a lot. Mm. I yeah. mean, European, because yeah. they have a different language. Way of they, speaking, yeah. They, they really do. But even if he wasn't, yeah. he's in the position to hire you. 
He may have thought that was funny. I don't think that's funny. (laughs) And neither did the casting director. I mean, we both looked at each other like, oh, my God. (laughs) Well, see, the casting director is your person. Yeah, totally. You know, so I think you you bite the bullet and you do your job. Yeah, we laughed about it. I mean, she grabbed my shoulder after and she was like, I am so sorry that it never happened before. And I just laughed and it was like, whatever, it's, you know, it is what it is. Good luck. So, you know. Well, I mean, there's nothing really you can do. If this was someone you'd be seeing often, yeah. you know, then you have the choice to go in or not go in. Right. But you were already in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the only thing to do is exactly what you did. And okay. do and do your job. So okay. good job. As far as the other thing goes, um, yeah. You know we're finishing up pilot season right now. I do. Yes. And co-stars are hard to get anyway. Yeah. Um, I think your agent had very good intentions in the moment. Mm-hmm. Do you, Do you get the? Oh. It's okay. Well, there are these. Do you get the breakdowns? Yeah, I get the breakdowns. Yeah. Okay. So do you see things for yourself? I do, and I have, you know, I actually brought, that's one of the things I brought up with them. Like, I brought in my list of target offices. I brought in, you know, I let them know. I, I threw it by them, and I wanted to, I said, you know, I wanted to make sure that I'm not stepping on you guys, mm-hmm. you know, by submitting myself. So if I see something I'm right for, how open are you to me, you know, sharing that with you? And they seem totally game for it. Mm-hmm. So um, do, you, do you do that? Yeah, I do. Although, you know, if I'm going to be real for, like, totally real with you lately, the past few weeks I've been kind of, I've been writing a lot, so I've fallen off track of the consistency of doing that. But when I have, um, uh, yeah, I'm in it, and I don't mind it at all. To me, have, it's like it's has, it wor- has it worked when you when you ask them to do something? Um, I mean, they, they. I had one once where it was an office that wasn't necessarily on my target list, but I was so right for it, like the, the breakdown, that I just went for it anyway. And one of my agents, I called and I was like, is that, are you okay with that? I called her to ask her, you know, in general. And then I said, hey, I saw this X role in, in X project. And she said, done, you've been submitted. So I, I, I know that they're like, I know that they're fans of mine. Um, I guess maybe it's a bit of my own impatience or maybe I need to do better on my part or something. You know what I mean? Can well, I can, yeah. Barbara, go ahead, and then I'll go ahead. Sorry, you guys. Know, no, you yeah. know, you're doing everything. There's okay. nothing, you know, you're doing everything. Yeah. I I also think that the season where they're going to shoot the series of the pilots get that gets picked up mm-hmm. is when... The good stuff is going to happen. I okay. think your I think your agents only concentrated on making the money and getting people series regular jobs. I totally. think that's what they did. And yeah. also, there's no route anymore. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, because I've been like commercially, I've been I've been a bridesmaid, you know, for national campaigns countless times mm-hmm. or you know i've got i of course when i left to go do a show in chicago 30 rock called me in so i was like oh my god you know it's there's no rhyme or reason obviously 
Okay, well, so I'm, I'm going to jump in here for just a second because Barbara, Barbara says yeah. uh, you're doing everything, and I agree. I think there's one thing that you can be doing. And um, you guys, you've heard me talk about this before, but it's the problem is the solution. So, Ari, yeah. the problem here is we had this great conversation. I felt like we were on the same page. I'm doing my totally. best to keep up my end of the bargain, and now I'm not sure if we're still on the same page. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you know, part of it is long, long, well, not not so long term, but you know, you not you have you and I have talked about it, Dallas. Like, I want, I'm serious about exploring LA. So right. Okay. I know they, I know they're in LA, and you know, so yeah. Great. Anyway. So, so the problem, so it's really the, the problem here is I don't know how to keep communicating with you. Yeah, and right. I'm doing the weekly emails. You know, not uh-huh. too much, but like enough. And how much sharing. are you adding value? To your team. Well, I, I like for instance, I split it. So like I shared this cool link that okay. was not career related at all, and Great. it was like all about the missing piece video, which I thought okay. was adorable. You know, okay. stuff like that. And okay. Great. Gifts, congratulation gifts, and stuff like that. Awesome. Wh- so, where are you located? He's in New York. I'm in Manhattan. I'm in New York. Yeah. So let okay. me let me just finish this piece here, Ari. Um, the only yeah. Thing sorry. Standing, Go ahead. The only thing standing between you and the career of your dreams is time. So yes. so now it's just about getting real with your own expectations, which is hard okay. to do okay. when you're working really hard because we feel like the energy we put in should be exactly the energy we get back, and that isn't yeah. the case. It's You get totally. nothing back, nothing back, nothing back, and then you get something huge back, and then for a while you get nothing back again. So what yeah, I Yeah, and you know what? I'm not, it's not, I don't want to take away from that. It's because yeah. um, good things are happening, and Great I'm really grateful happening. for what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think this is just an easy conversation, if at all. You keep doing what you're okay. doing, and if you want to have a conversation with them, the conversation is about your expectations. Okay. Right. Okay. I I want to yeah. talk to you, I want to talk to you guys about my expectations because I can feel myself getting impatient. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. I can feel myself getting impatient, and I don't want to do that. So can how yeah. open are you to checking in again to make sure I'm doing I'm doing my part? What I need to do. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's totally yeah. great. That's what it is. You just want some reassurance from them that they're doing everything they say that they're doing because your phone isn't ringing, yeah. so now you're not sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Barbara, do you, do, yeah. do you have anything else you wanted to add to that? I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> that was perfect. Great. Good. That was perfect. I- I just want to thank you both because Barbara, I love what you had to say. I I'm doing it a bit right now with the interrupting. I really, it really, what you said about Billy the screen. I was like, oh my god, I can be totally sarcastic and try. To oh. I was like, had a moment where it's like I can try to be the funniest person in the room, like often. So. Um, oh, that's really, amazing. That was like so helpful for me just now. So thank you both for that. Great. Ah. Oh. I'm so glad. Thanks, Ari. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, so I know we only have a few minutes left. So if you have anything, if uh, we can probably take one or two more questions. So if you have a question for Barbara, you can hit the number one on your telephone keypad. And while we're getting to wrap things up, um, I have a really special gift to share with you guys. Barbara has a workshop coming up on April 21st in Los Angeles. 
And um, the price for the workshop is $99, but for Thriving Artist Circle members, the price is only $75. This is a day-long workshop with Barbara, with Deb Borilski, who's a casting director, and with David Dean Botrell. And they're going to really um, – the, the pilot program was so successful with this, and it's a full day with them, an intensive of sorts, and they're calling it Occupy Your Career. Barbara, what can you tell Thriving Artist Circle members about this upcoming workshop? Well, I can tell them that it, it was kind of my idea to take your career back. Yeah. I think that people give it away, and... I want you to take it back because you're the only one. I know you need agents-ish, but really it's the way you manage and navigate yourself. You can't let anybody else do it, so it's about taking it back. And David Dean Bottrell is a working actor, and he tells you the greatest stuff about how to book a job, and he's funny. And Deb Rilski, she actually uh, won an Emmy for casting uh, Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. And we don't fool around. We we go right to the heart of everything really fast. You, it's like having a two-, three-day intensive in from 9.30 to 5.30. And Deb will get people up off their feet if they volunteer, and she will show you. She'll take six people. And you you get to see people read a co-star role and see how different everybody is and see who takes an adjustment and who doesn't. Yeah. And it's amazing. I was, it almost made me want to act again, but <laughs> then I got over it. I don't, totally got over it. But this, we got so much feedback that we're doing it again. Great. So again, the date in Los Angeles is April 21st, and the mm-hmm. discount is $75. Uh, it's $99. Thriving Artist Circle members, it's only 75 And you can yes. register for the class by visiting bdapproach.com slash occupy-your-career. So we'll be sure to send that link out with the audio later today. But what a great opportunity for you guys to spend some time, a full day, with a working actor giving you invaluable tips for how to be in the room, with a casting director who can do the same, and with Barbara who can help you with this mindset. I mean, I have to say that three people booked jobs after this. And I also want to say that the people that booked jobs, one was a brand new person to the industry, and two of them were seasoned veterans. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thrilled that they – I loved that they were in the room because they have resumes everybody wants, and they they just knew they needed a boost. Yeah, that's great. So, again, so. the website is bdapproach.com slash occupy-your-career. So, Barbara, I wish I could keep you on the phone all day, but it is oh. it is that time to, to wrap Dallas, up. Dallas, I had so much fun. I did, too. I really did. Thank you so much for shining your light so that everyone's pilot light can be a little stronger. It's been an amazing hour together. Oh, thank you so much. And goodbye, everybody, and thank you so much yeah, for listening. Again. So um, Barbara's book is Open Up or Shut Up, and her website is bdapproach.com. 
This is Dallas Travers, your creative career coach, thanking all of you for being a part of the Thriving Artist Circle. Have a great month, everybody. Bye-bye.